0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. My name is Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. Lou, uh, you and I have got Chad Moutray we're talking with today, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Manufacturers. Should be an interesting discussion. He's
1: one of my favorite people. So welcome aboard, Chad.
2: And you're one of my favorite people as well, so thank you. (laughs) Always always fun to be on your show. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you. So
0: tell us what's going on. Yeah, what's happening with our lovely economy?
2: Well, I guess we'll start with the the NAM Manufacturers Outlook Survey. So, you know, as you know, I think the last time I was on, I, I we talked about how uh, our members uh, at the National Association of Manufacturers were the most uh, positive they ever had been, right? In the in the in the 20-year history of the survey, 90 94.6% of our members were positive in their outlook in December. Uh, we released a new survey last week, and 93.5% of our members are still positive. Um, that makes it the second highest ever in the survey's 20-year history. So, uh, you know, even with all of the craziness of the last few months, uh, our members, when they're looking at, at, at their overall, um, you know, bottom line, are, are are saying that demand is up and production's up, employment's up, and 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 they're seeing a lot of positives in their overall story.
1: Well, we're seeing the same thing, uh, Chad, within our uh, all metals and forge group uh, company. Uh, Industrial metals sales is uh, up uh, really significantly, uh, almost 40 percent in the last two months. So uh, that's really exciting. And uh, what do we have to do to make sure that this keeps going this way?
2: Well, I mean, I I, I I do want to get back to talking about employment, but but I certainly I think from a sure. policy standpoint, from a a policy standpoint, we need to continue to enact pro-growth measures. Um, you know, last week I testified at the Joint Economic Committee, and and I think much of the focus there was, you know, how can we keep your basic question, how can we keep it going, right? Uh, what, what what can we do to make sure that uh, our our members benefit, continue to benefit from tax reform. Um, continue to benefit from the regulatory environment that we're facing. Um, you, you, know, you know that we've also continued to, to, to push uh, an infrastructure package, um, uh, as well as uh, to try to find ways to deal with the tight labor market situation. So, I mean, I think those uh, on the positive side are, are things that policymakers can continue to do to, 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 to lift, the, lift all boats there. Uh, um, on the trade side, obviously, there still continues to be some uncertainties there, but, but, um, but in general, we just need to make sure that we just keep, you know, keep, keep the, the focus on, on, on pro-growth.
0: Even though, Chad, the employment numbers are looking very strong, and I'd like you to share what you've got with our listeners, at some point we're headed into the bottleneck if we're not there already in terms of trying to fill open slots in manufacturing. So, what did uh, what did your survey respondents come back with?
2: You know, we had uh, when it comes to capital spending, employment, and inventories, all-time highs for the expected rates of growth for all three of those. Um, uh, when it comes to employment, we were seeing they were seeing on average or 2.9 percent growth in employment over the next 12 months. Um, now, keep in mind that we already are essentially, if not there, already pretty close to full employment. The unemployment rate right now is. the lowest since December 2000. Um, I see that number falling to 3.8 by the end of the year. Um, For manufacturers, we added 22,000 workers in the month of March. Uh, That's on top of just really six really solid months of growth. We've added about 25,000-ish workers over that six-month time frame. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it's pretty clear that we, when, when we talk to manufacturing members, they're having trouble finding talent. Uh, that was the number one issue in the survey that, that came out last week was that, that uh, for the second straight quarter, actually, the, the ability to attract talent. So uh, this, this is a really hot labor market right now, and, and it's making finding talent that much harder. Uh, and you know I think the next step obviously for that is we're starting to see some signs of wage appreciation so um, that that obviously is what you would expect in a tight labor market and I think you're starting to you finally see signs of that
1: Uh, Chad you mentioned uh, before uh, briefly about uh, uh, tariff issues and so on I had heard a, a comment made by uh, Larry Ludlow uh, a couple of days ago stating that the tariff issue and regarding uh, China and the steel issue is not true. Uh, and I, I know from some of our friendly competitors at All Metals and Forge that it is very much true. Uh, are you hearing anything at all in regards to this
2: well, I think when it comes to, to, to the tariff situation, I think, number one, the first thing to say is that we recognize that uh, China has not always competed fairly, right, when it comes to intellectual property right. and, and access to those to those markets and a whole host of other issues that we've had over the years. Uh, they mm-hmm. have not always played fair. Um, and so I, th- I think the Trump administration certainly is trying to address that. Um the second is obviously, you know, tariffs, no one likes tariffs, right? It raises the costs for consumers, it raises the costs for producers, uh, and, and we, we continue to say to say that. In fact, Jay Timmons uh, a week or so ago said just that very thing, that tariffs are not something that anyone likes. Um, but if there's any positive here, uh, hopefully down the line, it's that, that hopefully we're getting China's attention, and... and uh, J. Timmons has actually called for bi- a, bi- a bilateral trade agreement with China, right, that, that hopefully this leads to some type of a way that where we can once and for all remedy those those trading practices that, that our members have complained about for a while. So, um, you know, we already have uh, a new trade agreement with South Korea. Hopefully we're, we can get something quickly with, uh, in terms of a rewrite of NAFTA. Um, and so, you know, the next leg of that hopefully will be something with China.
1: Well, we know that uh, Jay is obviously very supportive of manufacturing and he understands uh, the marketplace better than most of us. Uh, however, that being said, uh, the situation is still continuing with regards to tariffs and all of the negative aspects of a tariff, which can, of course, cause a decrease in sales. It can cause um, inflation. It could cause uh, loss of jobs. And we're on a very strong uh, growth path, as you've uh, pointed out. Um, yeah. This could be very traumatic. And we we know over the last five presidents, steel tariffs don't work.
2: Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, as, as I noted earlier, you know, no one likes tariffs. Um, uh, in some cases, they're, they're justified. In others, they aren't. But no one likes them. Obviously, that's a, that should be... Right. Hopefully, a step towards something, and uh, that's why we we hope that it's a we we hope that it is a step towards um towards some type of an agreement at some point down the line. You know, keep in mind the NAM was founded in 1895 as a free trade organization, right? So, uh right. You know, we 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 concur with that, uh, and and we we basically continue to say that. Uh, We we, we want more access to more more markets. We want to be able to bring down barriers. It's kind of our long-term goal. But um, in the middle here, there's there's a little bit of sausage making that's that's going on.
1: (laughs) Well said. Well said.
0: Chad, I want to ask you about two topics then and see whether or not they've impacted manufacturing yet. Uh, Topic number one is regulatory reform and all the regulations that, This administration has been chopping out of the way of manufacturers and the second is the tax reform and whether or not we are beginning to see that in the economy at this point so can you address those two for us
2: so I I will start with uh, tax reform I I noted earlier that I I testified uh, last week with the uh, Joint Economic Committee and so you know a large part of the focus of that conversation was really what, what's happening with regard to tax reform, how is it benefiting the manufacturing sector? Uh, you know, in my, in my view, I, uh, I think that fixed investment is going to increase about $55 billion this year, largely because of tax reform, uh, with manufacturing employment being about 100000 more than it would, would have been otherwise because of, again, taxes, the tax changes. Um, We continue to get kind of an onslaught almost every day of examples of companies that are investing here that um, the the site tax reform is the reason for it. Uh, We've kind of been documenting a lot of those examples on the ShopFloor blog, shopfloor.org blog post. Um, uh, And we've been surveying our members really to get even further data in terms of what they plan to do in terms of you know how much they're going to repatriate back into the U.S. How many more people are they going to hire? What are their overall investments? And so, uh, stay tuned. Hopefully, we, we, we plan to release some some of that data shortly. Um, uh, so I don't want to embargo my my comments there, but but just say stay tuned for that. Um, the 55 billion number that I threw out um, uh, that's obviously came from last week's testimony, so that's not embargoed right now. But but the other kind of stuff is, I think, stay tuned for that um in in terms of the regulatory actions you mean just kind of just step back for a second and think about the fact that you know we had no new federal regulatory changes last year that are, are of any significance right so essentially we had a regulatory moratorium in 2017 uh that's unheard of who would have thought that, that that would have happened um and i and i think you know moving forward um uh just the reality that um that that there's clearly a different game in town right that that uh, there's an, an environment now where if you're going to introduce one new regulation, one new major regulation, you got to get rid of two other ones, right? So there's there's just a completely different mindset, I think, when it comes to how this administration is handling the, the, the rulemaking process. Um, we asked on our our survey uh, this question as well, and and we had uh, 38% of of our members said that they would increase capital spending as a result of the changed regulatory environment. Uh, almost the same amount said that they planned plan to expand their business um thirty five percent said they wanted they were gonna raise wages and benefits, and uh, about the same amount said that they were going to hire new workers and so you already you're starting to see at least in in our survey some 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 tangible um responses to uh how the regulatory environment is is changing how people are thinking about. Uh, expanding their
0: business. Chad, you mentioned that uh, the, regular, the number of regulations uh, did not increase in 2017. Do you know how many were blown off the books? Uh, I, I had heard at one point that it wasn't just if I pass one, I have to remove two. But, in fact, this administration has removed four for every one that so, it has passed. So
2: Any statistics on that? Well, the, you know, last year the, at the beginning of the Trump administration, uh, they did a number of Congressional Review Act uh, provisions. The Congressional Review Act was any, any, um, any regulation that was promulgated towards the end of the Obama administration, uh, Congress with just a simple majority could essentially override that regulation. And they did that 14 times, I believe, uh, at the beginning of 2017. So that essentially uh, removed uh, 14 regulations that had been promulgated um, at the end of the Obama administration. Um, that that provision had only been really enacted one of the time and that was in the late nineties um, uh, with an ergonomics rule so um, so this, so that sh- shows you just how unique this, the environment was um, that that we were able to um, kind of kind of roll back some regulations that t- kind of took place at the end of the Obam- of, mm-hmm. of, of the Obama years
0: All right and now there um still cutting regulations out uh, as they move forward, are they not?
2: Well, I think that there's, they're, they're going in and looking at the existing regulations, seeing what they can, uh, you know, what really could be removed from the books, what can needs to go in and be updated. Uh, if, you, mm-hmm. if you remember at the beginning, again, at the beginning of the Trump administration, they asked for examples of regulations that really were, that needed to be sunset, right, or needed to be altered. Uh, we had our members submit a list of those, um, and uh, we submitted those examples to the Commerce Department at the at kind of the middle of last year. Uh, and uh, I think that they're going through and trying to see what they can do to, to, to tackle those those issues. So, so yes, there's a lot going on there in that space, um, and we were we were very much involved in helping to supply some uh, examples of regulations that really needed to be revisited.
1: To change the subject just uh, slightly, uh, Chad, uh, our export uh, revenues has been uh, not terrific. It's been going up and down, and last month I think it went down a little bit. Uh, Do you think that there should be something done more forthright and direct to those who are in manufacturing particularly to – do something about their export activities in terms of uh, export growth.
2: Well, I mean, I think we need to continue to open up new markets and create new av- avenues for growth. Um, I'm not sure we should do anything explicit there from a policy standpoint, but I think wherever we can, we c- we should. And this is the reason why we continue to push for more trade agreements and. Uh, it's you know a large reason why we continue to want uh, growth abroad, right? Is that hopefully that allows us to continue to export more. We we actually did as a sector we increased manufactured goods exports last year about four uh, percent, and we've mm-hmm. seen continued growth so far in, in 2018. Uh, so that's a nice positive um, uh, as far as far as the the, the overall macro numbers are concerned, uh, and 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 that obviously is a nice a nice favorable. Um,
1: well, if you remember going back a number of years ago, or maybe you won't and only I do, we used to have incentives for those uh, companies to really focus on export sales. Uh, there used to be what they called the Disc Corporation, and then there was a Fisk Corporation, which gave uh, significant uh, incentives to promote uh, overseas sales. Um, I'm not, I know DISC doesn't really exist anymore, and FISC, I think it's kind of slipped into oblivion also. But do you see anything that could be done to give incentives that really doesn't cost the country money
2: but actually
1: makes money?
2: Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I, I need to actually reach out to our tax folks and see, see what we have said there. Um, so I'm going I'm to say no comment
1: okay uh, I'd like to address that with you at some time in the future if you don't mind and you know talk to your people because um, you know in my manufacturing world of uh, steel products uh, they the manufacturers they don't they don't fully understand how to market appropriately to ship their goods overseas and perhaps yeah. if there was a bit of a uh, incentive they might learn real quick <laughs>
2: yeah yeah and and and, 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 I, and I do know ahead, that, that, that that there are a lot of counseling services on on how you might go about exporting the commerce department does some of that as does the, the small business administration so and 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 i think sure. to the extent we can encourage folks to use those resources that would be helpful so yeah I'm sorry
1: commerce department is one of the most productive departments in, in the government because they're the ones that really were promoting uh, DISC and FISC way back 25, 30 years ago. So I agree with you. They're a great group of people.
0: Chad, I'm just wondering about GDP. You know, we're just finishing up the first quarter of 2018, headed into the balance of the year. Do you have any early numbers on what GDP was for the first quarter and how we look for the rest of 2018?
2: I mean, my, my forecast for for GDP for the first quarter is a roughly two and a half percent. I've I've seen those numbers have been all over the place. Um, I think the mm-hmm. Atlanta Fed right now is predicting around two. So I guess if if two and a half is is my number, I'm a little high, <laughs> higher than than maybe what consensus is there. But but I, I do think that we're we're we've seen some pretty strong uh, consumer and business spending. Uh, perhaps not as strong as we had in the fourth quarter, but we're still some some bright spots there. Uh, and, I, and I think that we're going to get some upside surprise with uh, inventory spending and that, that's why I think we're going to get around two and a half percent um, for the year as a whole I think we're going to get roughly three percent growth uh, for 20, 2018 so um, that's uh, if, you've, if you don't know if you noticed but the CBO's projection for this year was 3.3 when, when it came out with its budget numbers uh, last week uh, uh, whether it's three or three point three that would be the best year since two thousand five so uh definitely twenty eighteen is looking is looking good i think uh twenty twenty nineteen right now my forecast is about two and a half percent uh so uh hopefully we can get that that number up a little bit but that that's that's where I kind of have pegged uh my my twenty nineteen forecast for right now
1: as long as it's on the plus side it works for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any likelihood that the tariffs could take a bite out of that?
2: Uh, yeah, they definitely create some um, some uncertainties to that risk, to that forecast, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, certainly our concern as well. You know, we, we
0: really appreciate you being on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Anything else you'd like to share with us as uh, we wrap up this segment?
2: Uh, no, I just think just to direct folks to the NAM website, NAM.org, or our blog, shopthor.org, and, and – uh, Hopefully, folks continue to take advantage of our resources. Excellent. Chad, thank you very much
0: for being on the show again,
1: and we look forward to the next time.
0: You bet, Chad. And great resources they are. We've been talking with Chad Moutre, who is the chief economist for the National Association of Manufacturers. We encourage all of our listeners in manufacturing to go to nam.org or shopfloor.org. Terrific resources there. Check them out if you would like to listen to this show again. You can find it at manufacturingmfgtalkradio.com, which is our Manufacturing Talk Radio website. You can also find some great information if you're interested in our Women and Manufacturing show at womenandmfg.com website. That's what we affectionately refer to as WAM. So please join us in the near future for all of our shows. We've got a complete library. And thank you for listening again to Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're glad to have you with us, always.
1: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.